Hi there, it's Rachel Hurley. You might know me as Rachel in the City, and you might be thinking, oh great, another person trying to do a podcast. And I'd answer, fair. But here's a little background. I started a blog in 2003 called Rachel in the City that kind of took off, and it led me to starting one of the earliest music blogs, the one called Scene Stars the first MP3 blog with multiple contributors. From there, I was hired by the Commercial Appeal to write a weekly music column called On the Record. That led me to a job with Breakthrough Radio, where I started podcasting in 2006. I hosted and produced three shows with listeners in the hundreds of thousands. There wasn't a whole lot of competition back then. From there, I was hired as a publicist slash social media manager for Ardent Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, where I hosted two more podcasts, the Ardent Sessions and the Warm Up. So you could say this isn't my first rodeo. I just stopped podcasting in 2012 because I went back to school and then I moved to Denver and I was trying to get as far away from the music business as possible. But then they pulled me back in. And now I'm working as a music publicist again. I've had so many late night conversations where someone has said, we should be recording this, that I finally thought, you know what? We really should. So here we are. If you want to know what this podcast is going to be about, well, in the words of Trixie Mattel and Katia, anything we want it to be. Now let's talk about my first guest, Trent Van Nagus. He was an early blogger also covering the entertainment sector. At its height, Pink is the New Blog was one of the go-to sources for celeb news and commentary. Trent ran it for 13 years before selling it to a corporate entity and taking a well-needed break. Now he's a television producer. His latest project is HGTV's A Very Brady Renovation. And he has a new podcast also, the aptly named Pink is the New Podcast. But we're mostly going to talk about old times and politics. So here we go. Cozy little uh, dark corner. Right. Um, so, Trent Van Agus. Tell us where we are. We are at the Velvet Margarita in Hollywood, California. Wow. Is this your usual haunt? Um, it is very gothic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little usual for me. Like, it's up my total. It's, I dig it's, it. It's the uh, the atmosphere is nice and dark. Uh, yeah. The music is great. The food is good. The drinks are strong. Yeah. And then there's like a private room which I'm pointing to um, right upstairs. It's like the it's like the uh, <laughs> it looks like the cocaine room because it's like mirrored oh, everything yeah. in there. Uh, but it's 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 that very like um, rock and roll Mexican uh, vibe here. Like there's velvet paintings of like um, I think uh, like Eric Estrada's up there. Elvis, of course. Um, yeah, it's a fun place. Yeah, totally. I love it. Very cool. I just got into town, so. 
We are downloading. We haven't seen each other in two years face to face. Which is shocking to me because I was just thinking like, oh, I just saw you just recently at that one club that we hung out at. And you're like, oh, that was two years ago. I'm like, yeah. uh, what? Right. <laughs> and so uh, this is how I remember us meeting. And you tell me if this is correct or not. Uh -huh. I remember that I had just moved back from New York to Memphis. And I think this was you. I had these Tori Amos tickets that I couldn't use. They were at the Riverside Drive show that they uh, recorded. Okay. And I think that you had mentioned on your blog about maybe going to it or wanting to go to it. I don't think you ended up being able to, but I think I emailed you and I was like, I've got tickets to yep. that. Yep. And if you want to go, yep. I can like hook you up. But that I don't is, think you went. That is correct. And this was like the early days of blogs. It was at like least 2004. Yeah. 2004. Yeah. So you had already been an, an established blogger. For like a year. And I was brand spanking new in Detroit. Like nothing happens in Detroit. So like when blogs were like really popping off in the early 2000s, it was in New York and in LA. Mm -hmm. And New York was like the music, or the East Coast at least, was like the music, um, like that's where the music blogs were taking right. off. And, on, and in LA, it was like the pop culture and like travel and lifestyle blogs. And I was in Detroit, like in the Midwest, um, just trying to figure out what my voice was. And I was a huge pop culture fan. And uh, I would just blog about everything that I loved, including Tori Amos. Yeah. And I don't think I ever asked how I came across your radar because I remember thinking, wow, like I love Rachel in the city. Because like, I love Tori Amos and like, you would write about her. And, but, your, yeah. but your site was great like for the music stuff and yeah. you wrote about all the artists that I loved as well. And um, so that's initially how we met online. online. Right. But then we met in person. Which is a crazy story that no one ever like believes. <laughs> like I'd, I'd name drop it. Well, I tell the story all the time about how, uh -huh. how did we meet? So Holland.com reached out to a bunch of bloggers. 25. A bunch of blog, uh, 25 bloggers who were like, you know, in, in these days you say the trending bloggers, like the bloggers that were really like in, in the news, or the people that people knew the most. Right. And they invited us individually to spend five days, right? Was it five days or seven yeah, days? I think it was five. I don't remember. I think it was like five days in Amsterdam. Right. With no strings attached. Mm -hmm. I remember the deal was just like, they'll pay for you to fly out there and and stay. They'll give us access to like museums and like all this other kind of stuff. And they just wanted us to have a good time. And if we wanted to blog about it, we would blog about it. There was no requirement. And I was like, what? The first time I ever traveled internationally, right? When I said uh, hell yes, yes, I went to the pa passport office to like get my passport for the first time, That's and I remember there were two two bloggers who were also invited to go uh, on this trip, and you were one of them, and the other bloggers were Alec and Steph from Ulala Blog, which and they were in in New York, uh, LA, LA. Right. And they were like gay lifestyle, and I knew them because I was a fan of their their site as well. I didn't know them personally, but I met them online, like how we met. But they went the week before I was going, and you and I were going the same week. So I was like, "That's it! Like right. I'm finally gonna meet Rachel. We're gonna like hang out." And that's how we met. Yeah, we stayed at the same hotel, right? The Lloyd Hotel. Yes, we stayed at the same hotel, and. Um 
Perez Fulton stayed at our hotel too. That's right. He was there the same week. He you was were? there the same week. He did and not. You, you knew him though, right? Well, I did not know him personally. Right. I met him in the elevator, and he did not hang out with any Anybody. of us. Anybody, I do the remember that. The whole week, we all hung out together. Yeah. I remember that I think I had invited you and David to meet up with me yep. and yep. from Queerty, yep. right? And I had the party room. Yep. You had the party room. Your room is where the magic happened. Right. 12 person bed. Right. People, it's hard to describe what this, what this room is like without pictures. Yeah. But it was in the center of the whole building. It was a hanging box from the ceiling. It, it sounds weird. It, 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 this is not going to come across properly. So I don't know if, if there's some way for for uh, for you to be able to point listeners to the direction of photos of right, what this right. room looked like. But it was this really cool room with this long bed where if you had 12 people side by side, it fit like 12 people. It was such a, such a great room. It was fun. So it was the Lloyd Hotel? The Lloyd Hotel. Yes. Yeah. And I think, was was that the one that used to be a nunnery? It was. Okay, yeah. so it was a nunnery, yeah. but they had a big open area downstairs yeah. where they had shows. Yep. So they That's had right. bands. That's right. And in my room, there were these two long windows that you could down see out of. Room. Yep. You could see. So if there was a show, Guess what? You were watching it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we uh, I invited you guys and we hung out and we went to all these places together yeah. and then you guys would crash on my 12-person bed. <laughs> there was room to crash in yeah. Rachel's room yeah. and Rachel was yeah. very welcoming yeah. and we had, we had fun that yeah. week. It was so fun. Um, yeah. And another one of my favorite stories from that trip is my... Um, my Van Gogh Museum story. <laughs> um, I decided like the coolest thing to ever do would be to buy mushrooms and yep. go to the Van Gogh Museum. Yep. And um, David and uh, <laughs> David and Trent decided not to do it with me, which is fine. But uh, I, it was nighttime, and we were walking up to the uh, the door. And I had my mushrooms in my bag, and I pulled them out, and I was like, stand by, guys. <laughs> and I walked over, and I opened them up. They're in, like, in a little plastic container, like maybe um, uh, a salad would be in, like, the grocery store or whatever. And I opened it up and was eating my mushrooms, and I felt a tap on my shoulder. And I turned my head with my hand in my mouth, <laughs> mushrooms on my tongue, and it was a police officer. And he goes... What are you doing? <laughs> and I go, eating mushrooms. <laughs> and he goes, move it along. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, Amsterdam's cool. Amsterdam's and, really yeah. cool. And then we went to the Van Gogh Museum and it was amazing for me. I don't know how it was for you. Yeah, it was amazing for me, <laughs> probably in a very different way. Um, the thing I always love to, to, to clarify about Amsterdam is people who've never been assume that it's just this big party town and everybody's just like smoking weed and like, like tripping out all the time. And it's not really like that. It's both. It's both sides. It's 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 because it's it's been so normalized there for so long. Yeah. Like people know how to handle themselves yeah, there. Yeah. Like it's not like messy. Like even oh. at the red light district. It's not like messy and seedy. No, I would it's argue just... with you in terms of, remember that one bar we went to where they kept ringing the bell and selling us two shots? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that place? I do remember that. And everybody, and like David kept leaving the table and coming back and would do like eight shots yeah. on a table yeah. on a oh, tray. Right. <laughs> we just that's kept right. doing shots oh and kept God. doing shots. <laughs> I think it was like two for one. If I remember correctly, and we may have never actually spoken about this, but 
I remember there was a lot of making out that night. And not with me. <laughs> Wasn't there though? Because I, I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering, but I remember everybody was pretty friendly. We were just having such a yeah. good time that it was kind of just like, we were just like, I don't remember making out with anyone. Did I make out with you? Didn't we? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, I would not doubt you and David made out. But I remember there was a lot of making oh, yeah? out. I, I don't remember that. I do I do still have the photos from that night. I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah back was, when we had digital yeah. cameras. Yes. Yeah, there were no cell phones yeah. with cameras back then. Yeah, there were no selfies. No. There were just photographs. Yeah, we had like flip phones and Nokia brick phones back then. I can't remember what phone I had, but I think I had my little uh, Nokia flip yes. QWERTY keyboard. Yeah. 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 Where you were texting. Texting yeah, was, I was the, texting. Texting was like the max cool thing you could do on those phones besides calling. Yeah. No, yeah. there was no web browsing. Yeah. No, no cameras. Yeah. Or even if there were cameras, they were like the little tiny VGA yeah. small photo. It things. was super annoying because I wanted to text everyone and they were still doing the one 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 two 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 three two. You know, no. So people T nine. Just like text T9 people texting. and then they would like call you back. And you'd be uh, like, no. It was such a simpler time back yeah. then, if we're going to talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. Because now, you know, I always say kids these days are so spoiled because yeah. they have everything at their fingertips. Right. They don't have to wait in line for tickets. Yeah. They can get an app and, and, you know, when tickets go on sale, they, you know, click, 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 yeah. and they got them. You know. Um, oh, spend in the night out in front of the ticket hub? Yeah. To get tickets? Yeah. That's like a, yeah. Taylor Swift's new record just came out last night. Yeah. My ass would have been at a at a record store waiting yeah. at midnight, and now you just gotta wait for your phone to download it at midnight. And or, on, on, in California, it came out at 9, 9 p.m. Yeah. That's right, yeah. that's right. Cause I got like a notification, I'm in California, and I was like, these motherfuckers don't even have to wait till midnight. I feel like we deserve these perks because we've been right. to the trenches and we've done the legwork, but like these damn kids, man, these they have kids. it so lucky. They don't, they don't know how the struggle used to be. Well, bringing up damn kids, <laughs> let's go back and talk about, I know a little bit about your story, about where you came from, how you grew up, how you got started, but that's what I kind of wanted to talk to you about, coming from Detroit. Yeah. I know you started out as a teacher, yeah. so tell me yeah. how the evolution happened. Oh, okay, so this is such a long story, and I'll try to keep it as yeah. succinct as possible yeah. to make it Aren't all of our stories so long? I mean, they can be, and, and when you have drinks, they can just go on and right, on and right. on. Um, all right, so essentially, I was in grad school, and I was teaching part-time. I met a friend uh, in my grad program who was looking for um, a teacher to take over his class because his wife was having a baby. He was going on paternity leave. That Both parents got time off. I'd never taught a day in my life, um, but I had a history, uh, my background in history and political science. He taught a history and American government class. So he asked me to, to teach for him uh, during this, when he was off. So I said, sure, why not, let's give it a shot. So I did that, and I was still in grad school, so we were taking classes, and I did a class in postmodern writing. And the teacher was very progressive, very cool. Like, the, the end result of what this instructor wanted us to get from the class was not, like, writing papers and reading all these, like, heady books. Like, he wanted us to be creative. He wanted us to learn the, the, the concepts of postmodern writing, um, be, be familiar with what, what constitutes postmodern writing, and then be able to create something that at least resembled 
uh, a postmodern text or creative project. So my idea was to carry a journal with me where I would uh, pick up like artifacts from wherever I was, like matchbox covers or napkins or concert tickets, things that I loved doing in my real life, write in a creative way and they kind of piecemeal tape these pictures and like things into the text so that the text was more visual rather than just textual. And in the end, so I carried this book with me this whole semester, and then in the end, for my final project, I had to figure out how to turn this book into something to hand in. So I picked my favorite pieces from, from my journal, and uh, I printed them out, and the idea was for the text to be you know, visual and all of that. So when I put the package together, it was like 80-some pieces, I randomized the order so that when I handed it out to people in the class, their reading experience was individual to them. Right. And then my whole thing was like, and in the end, this is no longer mine, it belongs to you, I give it to you, you have ownership, blah, blah, blah. So that was how the whole project uh, worked out for me. I got an A, I'm very happy to say. When I was finished with this project, I knew that I had really gotten used to this idea of like writing and, and pasting words and taping pictures together in this collage type of format. And I knew I was not going to carry this book around with me for the rest of my life. Like three months was like a long enough time and I was already tired of carrying this book with me. So I figured maybe I'll put it online. Maybe I'll do something similar online because it was something that was, uh, I was able to share it with people whether they wanted to read it or not. It was just out there. And I could play with like images and fonts and animated gifts and all that kind of thing. So that's how my blogging style started. Right. So while I was um, teaching, I was blogging like on the side just for fun. Right. In Detroit, not thinking any of this was going to be anything yeah. because who cares? Like right. I would tell my friends, I published something and they'd be like, we don't care. We were yeah. with you last night. We know what you did. Right. We don't care. Um, and I ended up blogging for like two years before anyone even noticed, noticed. it. So when we started emailing, because mm -hmm. there were no texting or, or messaging back then, we were emailing. Right. I had already been doing this for like two years. Mm -hmm. And it took me two years to kind of figure out what my voice was. In the beginning, I would write about like my personal life, like, you know, I got a Slurpee today, right. or I da 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 da. And I realized that's not interesting. What's interesting was. Uh, the movie that I went to, or the concert that I went to, or, um, oh my god, like, Hilary Duff was spotted doing whatever, right. you know, when these paparazzi photos came out. Because this is also about the time that paparazzi photos were becoming readily available online. Before, you used to have to go buy Us Weekly or People Magazine to see, you know, whatever, like Britney Spears, yeah. like, shopping at or the mall. Or they're just like us. Or, exactly. Or <laughs> Paris Hilton with her big glasses right. and her chihuahua in her hand. and right. like. So to see those photos, you used, to, you used to have to buy the magazine, but then um, the photos were starting to show themselves online, and bloggers mm -hmm. took the initiative to like coalesce the, that information and put it together in like a digestible thing. So, so bloggers at the time had to jump on magazines because magazines came out once a week, right? And bloggers blogged every day, right? So if you want to know what Paris is doing on a Monday, right. You either wait till Friday or you go online and you see it on the blog. So it was kind of like a perfect storm for me of the time when the content was readily available, um, 
it was a new medium where blogs were just taking off. So music blogs were really happening, but like the pop culture ones were just getting started because like I said, the content was just becoming available. And I figured out that I was able to like, you know, write words like, oh my God, OMG on the pictures and draw stars and like, and, and like early emojis, like smiley faces before like emojis became yeah. emojis. I know that there are other bloggers, we've talked about Perez Hilton, yeah. he did it his own way. Right. And his, he, he had a more crass way yeah. of doing things and, in my opinion, a more demeaning way. But yeah. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be fun. You were a true fan. I was a true fan, and I'm still a fan. I never considered myself an insider. Right. Like, eventually it got to the point where I was going to premieres and the VMAs, and I would go to, like, parties and would be invited to, like, house parties with, like, celebrities. I was always there like an oh my god, like standing against the wall with my friend who I brought with me like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe it. Too afraid to like go out and like dive in because again, I was a fan and I knew that for me to be able to uh, talk about these people in a way where it was fun for me and there, Everything that I talked about was real in that it's it's stuff that I witnessed or stuff that pe people told me that I trusted. Um, but I was never interested in like the salaciousness of like people drunk, passed out, and who was doing whatever in the bathroom stall. Like that. But was you not... gave your a true opinion yes, about what was going like, on. Yeah. It was like, what's the saying? Like you never want to meet your heroes yeah. because they'll disappoint yes. you. And I never wanted to be disappointed by anyone that I met because if I was at a party where you know, Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz were together at the booth next to me. I, I don't want them pissed right. at me because of what I said about them or trying to be like shitty yeah. about them. And one of the greatest compliments I ever got was in the early days, you know, I tried the whole snarky thing and, you know, I, I always tried to be funny. Mm -hmm. And there were some times where um, I know that I crossed the line where I was concerned. Right. Two examples. One, um, I remember there was a particular photo about Julia Roberts and her babies and her nanny. And I made a joke about the nanny. Not Julia, yeah. not even her kids. Like, right. talking about kids is even shittier. Right. That, like, the joke was about, like, the nanny and how she looked. Right. And someone was just like, you know, like, you know, that's so, like, shitty. Like, why would right. you do that? Like, that's right. not funny. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Like, right. That's not funny. That's being me. Right. So that was a lesson that I learned. And then, um, getting back to the Cameron Diaz thing, you know, like, there's... The way that entertainment and pop culture and reality TV is now, there's so much disparaging uh, discussion. Like, the conversation is always about, like, how bad someone looks, yeah. and that's where the humor comes from. And we're so used to it now that it's just commonplace. That's in everything, in politics, yeah. in every, like, all media. It is so devolved to that, where it's just like, you don't bat an eyelash at it anymore. But back then, it wasn't really like that. Yeah. And I dabbled a little bit with that, especially about, like, Cameron Diaz. I remember she had, like, a bad acne day or something. And I said something about like her face, like the yeah. zits or something. Right. And you know, and in retrospect, I was just like, that's just so shitty. Like, it's bad enough we talk about like celebrities like this, but like to talk about women like this yeah. was something that bothered me. So I stopped, but not before 
Um, it was like LAX or Ledoux or some one of these LA clubs. I was already living in LA. And Cameron was dating Justin. And they're at the booth next to where me and my friends were. And I remember it was either, I can't remember if it was Cameron or Justin, but one of them like summoned me, like, like recognized me and like did this like come here uh, with the uh -huh. finger thing. And I immediately was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, fuck. Right. Like, this is the first time I had seen either of them out in public. And my, my mind just raced about like what they possibly would want to say to me. Like, I'm a nobody. Right. I may be a blogger, but I'm like a nobody. Right. So I go over. And I remember being very sheepish because I was like, first of all, it's fucking Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz, okay? So I'm just like, oh my god. Like, like as I said, I never considered myself an insider. I've always been a fan. And it was just like, like, yeah. fucking celeb, like cool people, you know? Like Charlie's Angels, like, yeah. I love Cameron and that, and Justin was like killing Justin? it. You know, like, you know, I, whatever. Yeah. So I go over, and you know, I don't know as word for word what was said to me, but the gist of it was like, you know, oh, like, you know, we know who you are. Like, it's nice to meet you. And I was like, I was like, nice to meet you too. And I do remember Cameron saying something like, she's like, you know what? I've read your site. She said, it's kind of funny. She's like, keep it up. And literally, like, I remember like all this tension just washed away yeah. because I thought she was going to be like, you know, you asshole, like, who are you? To judge me or whatever and I'm so thankful that for whatever reason what she wanted to share with me she found humor in what I was saying rather than the snarky meanness right um, and something about like don't change like just keep it up and that to me those two lessons about getting feedback of what I was doing from like fellow read you know uh, fellow fans readers and right. like from a subject I was talking about really informed how I would continue what I did moving forward. And I always hold on to those two moments as lessons to inform. And, you know, like, things are fleeting online. You know, like, you can have a website, you can have, like, a hot thing for, like, a year, two years, five years. I did my blog for 13 years. 12, well, 12 and a half years, almost 13 years. Like, I didn't think what I was going to do was going to last months. You know, so I do attribute the fact that I definitely try to stay a fan. So you think it never made your head a little big? No, never. Because because I always take it as a compliment mm -hmm. when someone would say, oh my God, I'm such a fan of you. Yeah. Can I get a picture? Like yeah. that is a compliment yeah. to me because I know what that's like when I say that to someone else. That's not to say that I'm like as as big as like a Cameron Diaz right. yeah, or a yeah. Trent Reznor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I always would would say it's akin to you know when you watch the, the nightly news and you you know the news anchors yeah. and you know the weatherman yeah. you see them every single night on the news right. and then you see them out in public and you're like oh my god I watch the news every night it's so right. nice to meet you can I get a picture right that's how I always took it right. like you saw my ass on my site because I love putting pictures of me and my friends yeah. every day yes. so you recognize me but it's not because I'm like something greater than you. It's just like right. you just see me because I'm like the newscaster on the news. Every day. I don't know if you remember this, but I came to LA probably in like 2006-ish to uh, go to a Zune party. Yes. Z-U-N-E. Yes. The for Microsoft yes. Zune, yes. Uh, yes. The, their, 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 their answer to the iPod. Right. And um, 
I remember Craig from my old Kentucky vlog was yeah. out with us. Yeah. I think we might have gone to the opening party or yeah. something. And then there was something you wanted to go to afterwards. And it had a red carpet, but none of us were on the list. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take care of it. <laughs> and I walked up there and I was like, this is Trent Van Niggas from Pink is the New Blog. And this is Craig. And I talked her way right through the fucking door. Being the PR genius you have always been. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it did. I did get a little bit of a bigger head about, like, you don't understand. You know, they're, they're, in those aspects, I hated asking for things. I always did. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned David and how we all hung out together yes. in, Am in Amsterdam. Um, David and I dated for a long time after right. that. That's a whole other story for yeah. a whole other podcast, right. maybe. Um, but he was always good about like knowing your worth and like yeah. um, you know you don't wait in lines. I'm like, why should we wait? Like why? You know, like we're no special than anyone else. But like he was always about like let's you know like once yeah. they know who yeah. you are. Yeah, it's like the value is not in who I am. The value was always in. They want their their club mentioned on yeah. the blog. They want it's happening in there too. So I understand that. So it was always like a give and take, which I'm fine with. I was always fine with that. I never felt compelled to have to report on anything. Right. But I was always very grateful when I was invited to the VMAs or to a movie premiere. What was the biggest thing you were ever invited to? Uh, I know there's a very famous photo of you and Madonna. That was that was. Great. That was a very small thing. That was such an intimate thing that um, so special. Yeah. Uh, Madonna does not do photos with fans. Like, yeah. you don't see photos of Madonna with fans. Like, right. they're out there, and there are people that have met her, obviously. But she does not do meet and greets. So if you get a picture of Madonna, that you're lucky, and I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. I I will probably say, you know, being invited to the Grammys. Yeah. And the Grammys is a big, big deal. Like, did you work the red carpet, or did you just get tested? No, I got invited. I got okay. invited as a guest. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't consider it any different being invited to work a red carpet or being mm. invited as a guest. Yeah. Because either way, you you're going to write go. about it. Um, you wrote about it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And it was the Grammys where Rihanna was supposed to perform, mm -hmm. and we found out like while we were waiting to get in that she wasn't going to perform because she had an accident before. And was that was Chris that, Brown. That was the night of her oh, assault. Wow. And we hadn't really known what happened yet. But like yeah. the news was just starting to come out that she was not going to perform. She had an accident, quote unquote, the night before. Right. And that's when she was assaulted by Chris Brown. Um, and then I remember that I was invited to where Madonna performed with the gorillas. Yes. And they did the 3D hologram thing, right. which on TV you saw as like actual holograms. But in, in, in person, they had her behind a screen where they projected the hologram. It was so cool both ways. Yeah. And getting to see it in person. Like, these, these moments are just, like, cool-ass things. I was invited to to, um, to work the, uh, to re report from the red carpet at the MTV Movie Awards. Mm -hmm. And Knocked Up was filming mm -hmm. on the red carpet, the scene where uh, uh, Catherine Heigl is, is, is interviewing... Um, uh, the office guy, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, anyway, she's filming yeah. a scene for the movie, right. and like I'm in the background. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in that movie. So yeah. like, these are things when I think yeah. about like, in, like cool things I've been invited to. Yeah. Um, but you know, you mentioned the Madonna thing. Yeah. You know, the record company 
wanted to have some blog promotion of the release of her record. They were like, and I had a relationship with MTV at the time. MTV has always been so good to me. The people at MTV have always been so good to me. They've invited me to TRL many times, uh, to like the You probably show. were going to TRL when I was working as a PA there. Yeah, it's, it's, cra it's yeah. crazy because when it's happening and you're in the moment, yeah. at least for me, Every day was like an OMG moment. No, you were way behind me. That was 1999. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way yeah. behind me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I would, this was like I'm just saying I never got yeah. to see TRL. I was in the building, but I <laughs> didn't get to go in and see it. But you mentioned Rihanna, and here's my question. Did you get insider information very much that you did not report on, that you were like, people like gave you these tips, and you're like, that's not my place, or I can't verify it, or it's not my place to break that story? There's never been, so once you get a reputation yeah. for being like uh, an outlet for news, right. you get hit up by everybody. Yeah. Random strangers, uh, anonymous people online. Did you, did you have a tips email? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I had a, you know, what, I, I forget, it, it was a tips at pinkasnewblog.com or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was never comfortable, you know, getting like a blind email from like so and so was drunk doing da 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 da. Right. I'm like, cool, but like not. Right. First of all, if, if it's not something that I felt uh, was like newsworthy, like someone being drunk at a party, everybody's yeah. drunk at a party. Right. Like that's not a big thing. Right. Um, and if it wasn't someone that I knew or was a real source, like I, right. I, I was not comfortable with that because anyone can say anything, and right. as we know, yeah with like the way news is reported now, right. like bullshit yeah. gets reported as actual news now right. and it's so detrimental to like any kind of discourse. So back then it was still not that bad and I didn't really want to contribute to it anyway. I would get information from people, yes. um, particular uh, celebrities yeah. would have something to say and they would want me to be the the, vo the voice of that information. Yes. But I also wasn't comfortable with that either because, look, when I started blogging, I wasn't 18, I wasn't 20. Right. I was in my early 30s. I think right. I just turned like 31 when I started blogging. So I was old enough to know, you know, and as I said, like in my background, my uh, education was in political science. I took constitutional law. I was going to go to law school. I did not want to be a mouthpiece for hear hearsay, nor did I want to put myself in a, in a position where I was speaking for someone without them wanting to know who was doing the speaking right. against someone else. Um, if I was 20, I know I would have jumped at the chance right. to be like super friends with someone because like they're going to like me because I'm writing whatever they want me to write. Right. Um, but I was old enough to not fall sway to that. So those are like the only times when I ever got information where I was just like, thanks. Is there anything that you can say now? Oh, I knew this way before it came out. Nothing that no. comes to mind. And I kind of feel like if there was something big, it was something I, I yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, Deep pop culture reference. Do you remember Courtney Cox's television show, The Dirt? Yes. Right. Yeah, it was like the it was like the fictional version of like what TMZ was doing. Right, right. And so they like had all these celebrities yeah. kind of in their grip, where you know they're getting information from some, so that they didn't release certain information. Did they ever get that CD? Not for no. me. Yes. 
but um, there are. I can't. I can't doubt that for Perez Hilton, that's a thing. And I know you don't want to speak. You don't want to talk badly about anyone. I mean, look. It never. It never seemed to. We both know that his vlog got pretty shady for a while. (laughs) It never seemed. People ask me a lot. You know, what do you think about like so and so? What do you think about Perez Hilton? Are you guys friends? Um, it never seemed like a good idea to me to like talk shit about anybody yeah. because again my whole thing is like I always came from a place of being a fan and you know so we, I mentioned before that like, I'd be invited to movie premieres I was never required to write about the movie but if I went someplace and I didn't like the movie I would say so yeah. or if or I wouldn't talk about it at all right Case in point, the Kardashians, right. never a fan. Right. I've never been a fan of the Kardashians for a host of reasons that I'm not going to get into. Even now, don't like any of them. I never once wrote about them because I didn't like them. Right. I had too many other things that I liked writing about. Right. And it just it felt like a waste of time to spend all this time writing about stuff that you didn't like right. when there's all these other things that you like writing about. Well, see, about, so. I told a lot of people I didn't like Perez Hilton. But it was because I had face-to-face interaction. Well, <laughs> I didn't ever really read right. his site, but I like invited him to hang out with us. I think twice when yeah. we were in Amsterdam, yeah. and he totally blew me off. Yeah, and I was like, that guy's a dick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's what I've always said. I was like, I don't read his site, but I've met him. He's not that cool. But yeah. <laughs> but I think that like a lot of the celebrity bloggers kind of got lumped into the same kind of pile. Yes. Yep. You know, when there was, like, differences between how everybody was covering everything. And that's kind of how Perez ended up, how everything, whether it's Fox News or Perez Hilton, like, the grosser you go, the more people will read it. I will say, and this is not, you know, I mean, this is just fact. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned this, the incident where I ran into Cameron Diaz, and I was, like, petrified that she'd be upset with what I had said about her. And she was just like, you know, I get it, it's funny. Great. Um, there was an incident with Perez Hilton yeah. where he met someone where he said something about them and they punched him in the face. Right. Like, not only is that embarrassingly embarrassing, right. but like I would be mortified yes. if someone came up to me and threw what I said in my face yeah. to show me how much of a shitty person I was. Like, right. you know, say what you will about like being from like the Midwest and Detroit and whatever, but like that would have killed me. Right. That would have killed me. I don't care if you're famous or whatever. Like, I just don't want to be that person. Right. So, one of the things I'm most proud of is I've never had an incident like that. Right. Like, of all of the many, many years where I joked about people and poked fun and said this or that, I See, never met anyone where I, they... I really don't think... I'm sorry to interrupt you. I really don't think I ever talked uh, degradingly about any music. Well, in the because I was like, just like, why? What's the famous thing about like Ryan Adams? And I know that we have a history. Like we yes. both like Ryan Adams. Yes. We used to like whatever. Yes. Um, but like the famous thing is like he, if he got a bad review, he took it personally, yes. and he would like just go off and yes. like do rants. Like, like call and somebody and leave a voicemail. That's not fair. Like right. when your job is to be a critic, and right. the critic, the criticism is, I don't like this song or I don't right. like this record because it's my opinion based on XYZ like that's one thing right it's another thing to say you're a fat cow and then that person's like 
you're an asshole for you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's very very different. There's doing your job as a critic well, and there's being an asshole. The criticism asshole. I would get as a blogger is that I was more of a publicist because I really I didn't really want to do takedowns. I didn't yeah. want to write about stuff I didn't like. There was too many things I did like exactly. where I would be like check this out, and that exactly. did lead to the job that I have now and the comments that I would get and the arguments I've gotten in with real, real, I'm holding up quotes, journalists, <laughs> yeah. you know, who would like try to school me on criticism. And I was never like, hey, this is a blog about music criticism. Right. Ever. Right. You know, so it wasn't, that wasn't what I was going for. Right. And so, you know, every, everything has its place. Everything has its place. And when you think about the vastness of what the internet is, Every person really does have their own voice and right. has their own perspective. Right. So two, you know, music blogs are not going to be the same. Right. They may talk about the same artists. Right. They may talk about like the same ten artists, but they're never going to be from the same perspective. Unless you're Taylor Swift, because every single website last night gave her a beautiful review. Well, I was looking for the bad one. Let's also talk about the fact that criticism and 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 that kind of discourse is very different now than it used to be yes like I feel like there's no like twos on pitchfork anymore no yeah like pitchfork <laughs> likes a whole lot more shit than they used to they just back went back and re uh Evaluated, evaluated all yeah. of Taylor's albums. Yes, yeah. right? and I'm sure. Yeah, they all got good ranks. <laughs> like I remember very famously, they gave like Trent Reznor um, a sub a sub perfect rating, yeah. Yeah. and he was pissed at them for years, years. It was like yeah. very, very well known how like they were persona non grata, right? And then their tune kind of changed, yeah. And and now like their their ratings of Nine Inch Nails stuff is. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's not true or real but like well there's just a huge difference in like different. writing about something and having advertisers yeah right yeah and we could go deep into that oh, like yeah. with all the stuff that's oh, come yeah. out about mtv and chance the rapper oh, and yeah. like you know that he got a bad write-up and they made a call and they yeah. got it pulled off the site yeah. and you know if you're like if you're just trying to like get somebody to read your writing then you might like criticize people but if you're getting somebody to pay your bills I mean you know what I'm doing now I'm in like TV production now right and I was gonna and, get to that and what I, are you doing now well and the next <laughs> segue to that is advertising is yeah. a huge proponent of like how things get done right. and the truth of the matter is studios and networks want to keep their advertisers happy right and that has an effect on the content they produce it's it's an age-old thing like yeah. it's it's nothing new um, I just think it's much more prolific now yeah. or maybe I'm just seeing it a different way now maybe it's always been this way but back back in the good old days in the early 2000s um, advertising didn't really push the, the discussion at least on my site I did not think about what the advertisers were going to say about what I said. I didn't have any editors. I didn't have anyone to answer to. Everything that I wrote up until I hired Shannon about six years in to be uh, the female voice on the East Coast when I was West Coast, um, it was just the two of us. She didn't run what she wrote by me. Yeah. She wrote what she wrote. I wrote what I wrote. And that's did the you way ever I go back and go? Wait a minute. Of course. I mean, yeah. like, you can always look back. Yeah. Like hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah. And, you know, I'll look back at old things and I'll be like, oh, it's kind of like, um, 
like embarrassing old tattoos. You're just yeah. like, ooh, like did I really think that? Or old, old fashioned. It's more like that. Like, ooh, did I really wear or that? Or like diary entries. Yeah, ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it, those those moments are are nice time capsules of where you were at the time. And opinions change, tastes change. You know what they are? They're old Facebook posts. Exactly. <laughs> they're old MySpace posts. They are. They're old MySpace posts. And totally. if you go really back. Friendster. Yeah. yeah. I, I never... They're old Friendster comments. <laughs> Remember, that's all Friendster was. Is yeah. like you had a profile and then your friends commented. commented. Yeah. Your, oh, he's so awesome. Yeah. And I got a profile when I lived in New York and I knew like five people. Yeah. And I felt really bad about myself because <laughs> I didn't have as many comments as everybody else. And look at what that's evolved to now. Yeah. You know, like follower count is all about like... But I also look and... at Facebook now. I feel like for my personal blog when I had Rachel in the City, yeah. I feel like that was early Facebook because I was not writing essay posts. Yeah. I was writing shorts, yep. you know, just excerpt like I thought about this. Look, check this out. You know, here's something funny about this. Which is very much ahead of its time. Yeah. Because long-form blog posts, like people use, like, so I, the feedback I got mostly was my readership was young, female, mm -hmm. professional. Right. So it was women at work in an office right. or at college in a computer lab. Right. When they either had time or took work. time away right. from work to, like, read, to read yeah. something for 20 minutes. Right. Nobody reads for 20 minutes anymore. Right. Like your your the things that people read now are very small yeah. snippet bites on Instagram right. or uh, Snapchat even faster. Yeah. You know, like less than 15 seconds. Right. Like the attention span is much much. I had a short attention now. span very early yeah. on. But you saw it. You saw where it was. Well, headed. I was just. It, it wasn't that I saw anything. It was just that like I was more likely to make five posts a day than one post a day and spend. Yeah. A lot less time yeah. on each post. A lot of Yay. times, people say to me, they're like, "Would you ever blog again? Like, you should bring it back. Yeah. Like, we miss it." Which is a huge compliment, and I yeah, love when they yeah. say that. But the internet uh, consuming world is not what I am used to. So but also, I just feel like I am so much more concise in what I think. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, do you ever read books or read anything where you're like? Book to the point. Like the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, just tell me, yeah. Like you're like going through it or like someone makes a long post on Facebook and you're like, hey, what's the fucking point? <laughs> T what is it? TLDR. Yeah, too long, too long did read. Yeah. I said that the other day. <laughs> Somebody like wrote this long thing and I'm like, just what? That's what I do like about Reddit. Like Reddit is not about like long form reading. It's just like they get to the point and that's it. Um, the point that I made earlier about like how blogs had to jump on magazines yeah. where Magazines came out once a week, and blogs came out every single day. Right now, social media has a jump on blogs. Right, because while a blog comes out every day, right, social media posts come out every hour, right. every minute. Right, right. It's a They're constant, it's constant stream of information. Right. Yeah. So if you want to know, oh, what happened? Okay, I have no idea what we lost. Well, we'll just we'll just okay. keep going, and then okay, yeah, I'll edit it together. Yeah, I think um, it's because someone called. So, uh, so that happens to me too. Yeah. The thing I okay. So. Okay. Um, I hold so strong to the belief that as much as I believe that I am right, 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 right. Yes. In as flaming, strongly strong beliefs as I yes. hold, 
that there is a person as diametrically opposed who believes that they are right, 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 right in as conservative beliefs as and so they you hold. can't fight the same way that they fight. Exactly. Right? Well, that's, because that, I agree. you know, it's every action holds an equal and opposite reaction. So if you're yep. fighting the same way, we've got to change our perspective and find a new way to come at it because otherwise we're just like... You know, and that belief has also informed me personally and I don't necessarily think people need to agree with me on this, but like I... For me, this is what I hold very, very true. That there are just some people you're never going to get through to. Yes. Because there's no one ever, ever, who's going to convince me that, you know, um, uh, reproductive rights, what I believe is wrong, right. or uh, LGBTQ rights right. are wrong. No one is ever going to convince me of that. Right. And I know that there are some people that I'm never going to convince. So. Yeah. That's but also true. here's the opposite of that, too. Not the opposite, but here's the flip side of that in terms of talking it through with people. Is that you said something to me in 2006 that completely changed um, something that I was doing at the time. You probably don't remember this. I, but I we, don't know. We were in the 12-person bed yes. in Amsterdam. Okay. And we were watching television and something came on and, we, and I don't remember what it was. But I go, that's so gay. Yeah. And you called me out immediately. Yeah. And you're like, why did you say that? That's very offensive. I don't understand. Yeah. And at the time, you know, it was just kind of slang term yep. for lame. Yep. It was yep. something that was lame, yep. you know? And because you said that to me, I was like, yeah, that kind of sucks that I said yep. that. But it was also that, like, I wasn't even thinking about. Of course. You know, yeah, of course. I was just like, when I look back, When I look back at, like, all of the media that we grew up with yeah. in the 80s and yeah. in the 90s, yeah. like, that was just, like, normal. That, that was, yeah. quote, unquote, normal. Yeah. But this goes back to, I was a teacher at this point. Right. And um, I was not out at school, but not because I was trying to be in the closet, just because, like, I just, it was a private school, and I was like, I didn't want not only the kids knowing my business, I didn't want, like, the people I work yeah. with knowing my business. I was, you know, like, at the school, you were either married or you were not married. Right. They didn't care what you were. If you were married, it was one day, if you were married, they never made you chaperone the dances. If you were single, they made your ass chaperone dances, you know, do the scoreboard for, you know, they, they, it was like, single people they exploited, Married right. people, they did. Right. So that's that was the way that the conversation was about like your personal life there. But I was the student advisor for the student newspaper, and I was also the student advisor for the Gay Straight Alliance. Mm -hmm. I had a, a student come up to me, and they were like, "Mr. Renegas, like, you know, I can't start this group, and like, unless I get an advisor, and we need two advisors." And they asked uh, Karen Katanik, who was an art instructor, and he asked me. Uh, the computer lab is, uh, instructor to be the co-advisor. Uh, and whether he clocked me as gay or not, or he just felt comfortable with me, I don't know. But I was like, 100% yes. Yes. And, you know, even as a gay person, mm -hmm. it never really occurred to me what, what it was to be like, like, that's so gay right. in a negative way. It right. just was like the way that we, like, it's just the way yeah. slang was. It was right. the way... But when you would hear children talk about the fact that being called gay was equated with being bad or stupid or wrong, like that's when I was just like, 
Oh. Right. When you when you when you see it from that perspective, it was like clear as day to me. It's the same thing as when people use the word retarded as right. as, a, as a slur. Right. Like nothing is more or the n-word. Like there are words that are just so offensive. Right. Um that you take for granted if you don't really have that understanding. Right. But when you hear from someone who it does affect them in that yeah. sort of way, I just personally could not move forward and continue to talk in that way without right. realizing that whether the person I'm saying it to takes it the wrong way or not, someone else might. But I think that... And that's the, where that came from. The story behind that, or not the story, but the lesson is, is that sometimes you do, like, say something yep. and you turn someone's understanding of a situation yep. on its ear yep. and they change their behavior and sometimes you say something to somebody and it just goes you know sideways and you never yeah. talk to them again right. so right. you never know what you're going to get because that's the problem is that we don't know what we're going to get i will say that you and i would come we came from a place of mutual respect we were friends at this point and I knew that you weren't saying that to hurt me or right. anyone. Right. Um, and I hoped that me sharing that perspective with you wasn't an attack or uh, me trying to hurt you in any way. It was because I respected you, I knew you respected me, and I felt comfortable yeah. at least sharing that with you. And I'm like, that speaks to our friendship all these years later, here we are, right. you know, sharing this conversation about this moment that is so impactful for you that you right. remember it all these years later yeah. and to me I'm not, it's not that I didn't remember it because it wasn't impactful right. but because it was so not a thing that I ever would associate with you yeah. as being like an offensive person like right. you know what I mean yeah so I mean I think that speaks to mutual respect yeah and if you're able to have a conversation with someone that you mutually respect right then there can be some uh, learning or some enlightenment yeah um, and it's hard to have those conversations too without making the person defensive. Of course. Because I certainly have to have those conversations oh, sometimes with like men when they say something about like, oh. you know, acting like a woman well, or throwing like a girl yep. or someone recently on Facebook called um, Americana Music for Midwest Housewives. And I was like, Americana is lame. That's fine. Just say it's lame. Exactly. But why, exactly. why are you bringing Midwest Housewives into it? Now, I can't, you know, I I am not perfect. Yes. And I will be we very all make clear mistakes. about We all make mistakes. Yes. But I am very, I do my absolute very best. It's the generalizations. To stay away from words that are like bitch. Yes. I hate that word. Yes. Because the, the, uh, is not about like saying you're an asshole. Right. It's about like demeaning someone by feminizing them. Right. Because being feminine right. is the negative, right. quote unquote. And that's why I hate using yeah. that word. If you're an asshole, I'm right. gonna call you an asshole. Right. If you're a female asshole, you're not a bitch. Right. You're an asshole. It's you're like a motherfucker. When they you're a you know they try to insult a man by saying he's being a bitch or he's girl you know yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you're what? like what's wrong exactly. with, yeah it's like the whole thing where yeah I can, we could go on and on so so to just to uh put a little button on, on okay. this portion yes. so where you 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 probably think about not wanting to go down that road because as a woman you don't want to you know like i as a man do my absolute best to 
about this this uh, diminutive feminization as a uh, as an insult, right? Because more men need to speak out right. when women are spoken to or about that way, right? Because whether you know, I'm not a voice of authority, and you know, I'm not going to change someone's yeah. mind just because as a man I'm saying it, right? But you know, if there's some bit of sway, yeah. because to my to other gay men right. who are so free with like bitch 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 right. bitch you know like if they let le- if, if I can have some sway then I'm happy to do it because generally someone who speaks that way doesn't have a lot of yeah. this may be a generalization but they may not have a lot of respect for a woman in the first place because they're comfortable right. speaking this way so a fellow man can like say something and that little nugget yeah. takes hold. I'm happy to do that over and over right. and over, and I will do it as much as I can. I mean, I think that it's easy to be insulting without like uh, dim- of diminishing of other course. people, right? There are so, so, many, it's, there's so many ways to be insulting so. to someone who is a complete asshole. Right, right. Kellyanne Conway is right. an asshole. Right. Period. Full stop. Right. Not about her right. gender, but because she's. Yeah. An asshole. There's lots of things that I don't like. I just try not to pair it off and yeah. compare it to other things that, like, it's easy. You know, it's like an easy insult. You know, when you're mad, know. when you're drinking, and the tongue gets loose, that's where I'm saying, like, Oh, no, but doesn't that show you know? who people really are, though? Because I'm not drunk and say the N-word. Oh, of course. I right? agree with that. Right? I agree with that. So Very, like... very true. Very, very true. You know, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine, and um, I had a uh, gentleman that I am spending time with say some very lovely things mm-hmm. when he was drunk. Right. And I was just like, I can't take it seriously because he was drunk. And he was just like, but like sometimes yeah, being drunk like let someone be free right. and say what they really want to say totally. and it works both ways it does um so if someone when someone shows you and i think this is like maya angelou who when said someone it, shows you who, who they, they are, are believe, believe them. them yes because and they do it all the time all the time people show you who they are all, all the, the time. time we choose not to yes. acknowledge it a lot of times we don't too, want it for, to be true right. especially in relationships or getting back to what i said earlier you don't want to meet your heroes yes. because if you see who they really are, yes. it will break your heart yes. sometimes. Not across the board. Yeah. Um, no, I've had that experience yeah. many times where I could have met somebody and I was like, if they are rude to me, that's what yep. I'm going to think about. Okay. So, yes. Since you no. bring that up and okay. this is a whole other thing, right. this can be a whole long other story, okay. but um, I have been the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan my whole entire life. Yes. Like from the debut album, Pretty Hate Machine, the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan. That band changed my life. And again, we could go on. Yes. So I lived in actual fear of meeting Trent Reznor yes. based on his persona and like the music and what I thought he would be like right. in real life. And for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to meet him because if he was just mean to me, right. not even mean to me, if, if he said something like, you know, yeah. I don't take a picture with you, yeah. or just, just no. t- like, <laughs> that would have, like, crushed me. Right. And I lived in fear of that for so long, and I'm very happy to say, which I know you know, like, 
that was not the case. Right. He was lovely, so nice, so accommodating. And, you know, we ended up becoming friends and all right. of that. But, like, I spent so much time being in fear of what I thought was going to be debt interaction. But there's no lesson here. Because it no. could have been bad. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. It's, and, not, it's not me or here. And I will tell you <laughs> that knowing what I know now. Yes. If there still was the risk of of that heartbreaking mean moment yeah. versus a whole, you know, yeah. I would, I still would have chosen yes. to not risk it, yes. to not risk having my heart broken, yes, just because it would have been I too mean, much. A long, long ago, I saw Ryan Adams walking down Bill Street, uh -huh. 2006. Uh -huh. And I eyed him, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going up to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I mean, I never heard very many stories about Trent Reznor and his fans, but I heard yeah. stories about Ryan Adams. Yeah. And his, there's well, no pictures of Ryan Adams with a fan. That's true. Ever, and, you know, we mentioned, we mentioned that whole, like, the critic that, you know, pissed him off, and he yes. did this whole, like, he did, yeah. he did as much as he could to, like, shame and, like, yeah. have his say, like, that does inform you a little bit of how but I also don't think that, that he is. called it was a Chicago Tribune critic yep. I believe I, I know his name is it's, I don't know right now but anyway uh, we are in a bar <laughs> and, and we're drinking yes but um, I don't think that he ever thought that the critic would release his voicemail no. it was definitely like an in the moment right. and like yeah if everybody was recording everything I said all the time, oh, of and course. could just release it to the public. Of course. Yeah, I'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are doing it voluntarily. So it's a balance. It's a balance. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, totally. And we could go on all, all night, but let's uh, let's take part two. Absolutely. Like, right? Um, so I've recently started podcasting right and uh you inspired when, me well when you were just like i want to do this i was like yes i totally want to do this with you so for sure i think that this will be hopefully the first of at least a few conversations being yes. formed because we have great conversations yes. um all the time all the time and it's fun to share it with other people i think and maybe uh maybe i'll get here more often or maybe you'll come back to tennessee more often i definitely need to come back to tennessee you I, should come visit me i talked you earlier totally about stay like, with me i loved it there. you I have never been to memphis i've never been to memphis you're right you're right all right so here's what we'll do you'll come back to la probably yes. more often than i'll go to tennessee but i will definitely come visit okay, you come because visit um it's time yeah it's time. well part two in memphis <laughs> all right we'll make that happen all right, thank you. Thank you. Look, 59 awesome. minutes. Okay, so that's it. Thank you to Trent for doing this with me. We had a few sound issues. I'll work those out on the next ones. And uh, the song used in this week's episode was Brett Bush's Going Long, thanks to him. And I guess I'm supposed to say, follow me on socials and like and share and blah, 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 blah.